In this episode, we are discussing difficult women. We look at why society still has such a hard time understanding and dealing with a strong woman. So if you are a difficult woman, come on in. We hope you'll relate and connect to this idea. And if you know a difficult woman, hopefully we'll give you some tips to really help you support those people in your life much better. This is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst, and this is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jamie, let's do, um, let's do some real talk. I have a, a good topic for us. Are you ready? Yes. Real talks are my favorite. <laughs> Me too. All right. I want to talk about what I'm calling difficult women. Oh, I am a difficult woman, I think. I think we could be <laughs> not just the members, but the president of that club. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was a very dated reference. If I don't know if our listeners have any idea what the hair club for men was, but apparently my brain just went right back to that. <laughs> or it's a Biggie Smalls reference, depends on which way you want to go. Oh, call. okay. That makes me feel a little cooler. Yeah, a little cooler, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So the reason that this topic is something that I'm excited to real talk with you is because not only do you and I deal with this in our own personal lives. Mm -hmm. I feel like this topic comes up when we're hearing from our listeners, when we're just out in the world and people want to chat with us, when we talk about anything to do with like talking to a woman and having her say what she wants out of life. This subject comes up, don't you think? All the time, everywhere. Yeah. So I thought we'd kind of deep dive but real talk into like, what is a difficult woman? Woman, Why is it such a thing in our society? Um, and maybe not just get some insights into like what we think it is, but sort of come from the place of two difficult women, kind of like what it's like to be us. Yeah, I think that that's, um, I mean, as a difficult woman, I think it's, it's really difficult to even explain it. I mean, as if you've listened to these episodes before, you know that we don't really prep the real talk episodes um, beyond just like what we're talking about, the, the subject. Um, and even as someone who is a quote unquote difficult woman, it's really hard to sort of dissect it and figure it out and understand really what's at play. It's a very um, layered topic. Yeah, it layered is an excellent word for it because it's not something I feel like you could just give a one sentence definition of like, what does it mean to be a woman? Um, And that was actually going to be my first question to you. Like, how would you sort of define what a difficult woman is? Like, what are, what are, what are the things that sort of go into that mix? Do you think? Well, so this is sort of what I've discovered in living this um, and really trying to understand it because at the end of the day, being a difficult woman is like hard. Um, and it hurts my feelings sometimes. <laughs> it hurts my feelings a lot of times. And I know like as a difficult woman, you shouldn't be like complaining about your feelings. Right. But like, it's a very strange place to be. And so in thinking about this for a very long time, I feel like so one of the problems of being a difficult woman is that it means so many things to so many different people. Yes. So like for, for, if I'm thinking about what's a difficult woman, if you're asking a man, 
it's probably a woman who um, who speaks up more than he would like, who is more opinionated, who is more confident, um, who vocalizes themselves more than they would like, who calls into question like the norms of the society, I think is how a man would define it. He might not know that, but I think that that's how a man would see it. But I think a woman, I don't think a woman would use the word difficult. I think she would use the word intimidating. Yes. Yes. I want to talk more about every single point that you just made. Yeah. Um, Especially the intimidating part. And I also want to talk more about how I feel like being labeled a difficult woman or an intimidating woman involves so many paradoxes. Like Mm -hmm. it really reminds me of when we talked about how women are either the virgin or the whore, right? Like women have to be in one box. Um, So yes, I agree with all that stuff. And I want to dive deeper into all of those points. Um, I figured I, I wrote down a couple of points that I felt like were the definition, not the definition, but like go into the recipe. Yeah. Let's hear it. (laughs) So I want to hear what you think of these. Okay. So the first part that I put um, is a woman who breaks free of trying to please the patriarchy. Yes. hundred percent. And now that I feel like sounds very, um, I don't know. It's not very specific, but what I mean by that is that for so long in your life, you're conditioned to like want to be pleasing to men all the time. And I don't just mean sexually, that's part of it, but like, you want to show up in a way that men are happy about your presence. Right. You just have to conform. Yeah. Whether that's in a, like a boardroom, Mm -hmm. a coffee shop, walking down the street because you're being told to smile because that's not a pleasing look on your face at the moment. Right. Don't get me started. Resting bitch face is not a real thing. It's just a face that whatever. I won't go there. (laughs) Agreed. I agree with you. But once a woman starts to be like, oh, my main, my main like priority is not to make sure all the men in this room feel comfortable and that I play the role that they want women to play. As soon as that happens, even if there's no, I feel like this, like, even if there's no like active things you're doing, just your presence with that kind of energy, men, a lot of men immediately start to get like their, their feathers ruffled. Yeah, because you're they're responding to your energy. I mean, energy is all over a room that you're in. It's all over your body. It goes everywhere. So if if your energy about a situation changes, people are perceiving that even if they don't know it. Yeah, and then never mind if you speak up or you know your outfit isn't designed to make men happy or mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> right. You don't laugh at a joke or your face is not in the you know, in a constant, like submissive smile, mm-hmm. um, you, I think that that's where the label starts. I agree with you. And I, I also think that women react to that in a different way than men, <laughs> but they react to that same energy. So it isn't just men reacting to it. It's women too. Right. Agreed. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw a word at you. Confidence. Hmm. What do you want to know about it? I mean, I have lots of thoughts on confidence. Yeah. So if you appear confident, you are most likely going to be labeled a difficult woman. And 
there's a few reasons for that. I think one is that you, I think, I think society, patriarchal society wants women to be like, like confident, but like really quiet, humble and martyrish about it. Yeah. I think confident is a word that's usually just used for men. And if it's, if you call a woman confident, there's probably some undertones in that that aren't all positive. If a if another woman calls me confident, my hackles get raised and I'm like, oh no, this person's going to be mean to me. Right. Well, that's, and that's sort of the problem with, with women is that like, we, we want to support each other. We want, I mean, I think in general, most women want to support other women. We want to be confident. We want other women to be confident, but there's also that like unlearning of thousands of years of patriarchy and submission and um, pleasing people, people pleasing um, that in theory, we want, we want to support other women, but in practice, that probably doesn't feel safe to a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that a lot of women, I want you to weigh in, weigh in on this too, Jay. I think a lot of women don't mean to be anything but kind. Like I think they have good intentions when they call, they say something about confidence or being intimidating. I don't think that they're going and going like, this is gonna, this is gonna really, you know, raise her hackles or make her upset or, you know, close, like put her guard up. I really don't think that. I think that they don't realize what that feels like for women like you and me to hear. Agreed. And I think in doing this work on myself and realizing why it's such a trigger for me to be called confident or intimidating, this might sound harsh, but I've realized that that's a you problem. Yes. You know, like if, if you, if just my, and and listen, I, I think we should be very clear that like being confident doesn't mean you get to be like a quote unquote Karen and be just like barking at people and yelling at people. That's not what we mean. We don't That's mean, like, yeah. we don't mean being a jerk, mm-hmm. um, but just like me existing with my tone of voice, with the face that my, I have, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that would, would be called like resting bitch face, like just my general affect, my energy, my accomplishments, my opinions, if that reads to you as intimidating, that actually has nothing to do with me. It has to do with you and how you feel about them. You're not intimidating. People are just intimidated. And that's a different thing. Totally different. I'm not going out trying to bulldoze a conversation. <laughs> In fact, I'm doing the opposite. Like, mm-hmm. And I think that that's where my hurt feelings come from is that it's this... Um, I can't reconcile it because people see me that, that I'm this like over the top hundred, like 110%, like taking over a room or a conversation. And internally I'm like, um, I'm just, this is me like, like managing and filtering. Like this, yeah, five. Is, yeah. this is me at like 40%. Like, so what would they think of me if I really existed, if I really took up space how, how would they perceive me then? They don't even like me at half capacity. Exactly. I, I so relate to everything that you just said so deeply. And it it makes you show up um, guarded, right? Yeah. Like, like not just filtering, but you're guarded because it's like, 
something I'm going to say is going to rattle you. And I'm, I'm innocently saying, and I'm not trying to rattle you. I'm trying to like, support right. the conversation or, um, you know, you, you asked me a question and I just honestly answered it, you know, like it's, right. it's a tough thing. Um, and I also think that whenever somebody calls me confident, I want to talk about what it's like when a man calls you confident, cause it's a different reaction. But when a woman calls me confident, I always sort of do this thing where I don't do it, but in my head, I want to, I want to tell them about how, first of all, I was not always confident. I was insanely insecure for the majority of my life. And two, that I don't think confidence is like a, like a state you just reach. Like people will say to me, like, how did you become so confident? And it's sort of like asking someone, how did you become happy? Like, it's a, it's a state that you're constantly moving through and working towards and like bringing yourself back to. It isn't just like, you know, one day after all this work on myself, you know, an alarm went off and it was like, okay, you have confidence now. Like it's right. It's a sliding scale and you can be same as being happy. You could be a little happy and a, a lot happy. You can be a little confident and a lot like it's, it's this weird, this is weirdly perceived thing. And I don't know always what people mean by it. Yeah. I think that, confidence is situational depending on what you're doing. I mean, there are obviously things in everyone's life where they feel very confident doing some skill or task or some interpersonal work. I mean, in those, you might then turn around and do another thing and you feel completely, you know, insecure and unprepared and not confident at all. Um, But I think that it's something that most people aspire to feeling confident. So they just want to know how you get it. Like, how do you get that? Cause I want that yeah. again, it's not even about you. It's about them. It's about something that they want, but you're like, this is something I'm like, I've been busting my ass to work at and figure out. And like, I, I don't have a secret. It's just me like walking into every situation and, and trying to like do the best I can. Yes, I agree. And you know, people will sometimes ask me the question, like, what do you think it was that you went through that made you confident? And I always think like, well, there wasn't one thing, but I do think, and I think that you can relate to this too, Jay, but I think when you grow up in a way where you need to learn to bet on yourself for whatever reason, like you need to be like, at the end of the day, I can take care of me. Like I, if nobody else can do it, or if, you know, people are busy with someone else or something else big is going on at the end of the day, I need to learn that to trust that I can take care of myself, whatever the situation I'm thrown into. I think that that even when you're incredibly insecure, but I think that growing up with that, if I was to point to anything, I would say it's that it's that like, throw me into any situation. I might not be actually confident, but I believe that I can navigate it somehow. Right. Cause you've managed worse. Exactly. How do you feel? Do you feel like some of that in your childhood applies? Yeah. I mean, I think any survived trauma, mm-hmm. you know, may, be it like a major trauma or just um, more of like an incidental daily type of trauma, um, which by the way, there's like a broad range of trauma <laughs> right. I want people to know that like PTSD isn't just like these massive things. It can be a sustained trauma that you experience every day. Um, but I think any, any trauma that you overcome is going to lead you to feel confident. But the problem with that is that it's not the confident that other people think you have. 
right? So like when you say confidence, you're picturing someone standing up with their shoulders up, their chest out, you know, like this Superman pose. They're they're not afraid of anything because they're so confident in themselves. The trauma that comes from like what a lot of people, I mean, the confidence that comes from that type of trauma that a lot of us have dealt with, most of us, everyone has their own trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not that Superman confidence. It's like, I've been here before. I've I've fought this battle or a battle like it. Mm-hmm. And I know I can knuckle through another one. Yes. And in addition to that, at the end of the day, I feel safer keeping the bet on myself right. than asking or relying on somebody else. Right. So maybe it's like that we have the wrong definition of confidence. It's like more like, like I'm going to put the bet, I'm going to put all the bet on myself. Like I'm all, all bets are on me. I, I know I can handle this and I don't trust the outside world to, to deal with it for me. Yes. That's not like, Oh, I think so highly of myself because I'm better than everybody. And I, and I have more confidence in myself. That's like, no, this is more like survival. And I think I can get here safest with myself. Absolutely. And that kind of actually leads into my next one, which was the sort of we're not victim-y. So we have more of that warrior mindset as opposed to that victim-y mindset. Now, that doesn't mean that we're never victims of things or that we never feel victimized or that we don't move through those states. We do, but you, you won't see it. No, (laughs) that's the difference. I think like, I'm not going to show anybody aside from maybe you and like my mother and my husband or something like no one else is going to see me in a state where I don't appear to be managing fine. Right. And that is not some flaw in your character. That's what all of us experience living in this society where emotions are shunned, where trauma is shunned and packed away somewhere um, you're not allowed to just be like spewing your feelings everywhere. If you are, you are weak. Right. Even a woman, even, a, if you, even if a woman does that, right? Like certainly for men, men are not allowed to have feelings. Men are not allowed to process feelings. That's not safe for them or okay for them in this society. Something that a lot of men need to work on. Yep. Um, but even women who are allowed to be like emotional, that then becomes weaponized against them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like so emotional, like, oh, she won't stop crying. Right. Yes. Once that emotion becomes like inconvenient for people. It gets right. or awkward. Yeah. And I feel like there's this misconception. I know this is with me, so I'll speak for myself and then you let me know if this happens to you. I suspect it does. But there's this misconception that I'm always fine because I'm not outwardly showing you that I'm not. And if you ask me how I am, I'll most likely say good. Like it will, there's more, there's a, there's a, there's only a certain amount of people or certain amount of cards I'll show to just anybody. Um, You know, if you ask me a specific question, I'll answer honestly, but that doesn't mean that I'm, that I actually am okay. And I'm not lying. I, I mean, to the question, like, are you okay? Like, I'm not going to say no. Like that's weird to me. Um, There's nothing wrong with saying no, but to me, that doesn't feel like I want to deal with my things quietly and privately, but I experience them all. I just don't, I don't bring them to the table. And therefore people assume like, Oh my God, like 
you handle that so well, or you were so, you, I get called like, oh, you're so calm, cool, and collected in that emergency. And that honestly, when people say that to me, I don't really like it because I'm thinking like, well, that's just what you saw. Mm, I'm mad now. <laughs> I got you fired up with that one. Yeah, because this is you, you've perfectly illustrated where the, the miscommunication and the problem happens because you're, you're saying you're fine because you only feel safe and everyone does this. You only feel safe with like a certain amount of people. You've been told you only show your emotions at certain times and in certain ways and only for very short amounts of time. Right. So you're doing that. You're following the protocol of this life. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it's held against you. Yeah. That's what I can't handle. Like, because I'm managing better, you now are jealous of me or you now like feel like I've set the standard so high that you can't even hang with me anymore. You don't bring your problems to me anymore. You don't trust me with your own stuff anymore because you think that I'm like so elevated, but I'm actually just doing the work of managing. Yes. I feel that so strongly in my bones. It's like you're imagining that I'm judging you because you're not emulating my response to your issues. Yes, but in that, exactly. And in that, you're actually judging me. Yes, I'm not judging you for it. I honestly, if somebody is like outwardly showing their stuff, I like that. Yes. I like to show up for that. That's like, that's, that's very comfortable for me. Now, if you get to the place where you're really trapped in the victim-y thing and it, it sort of really feels like an attention grab, there, I'm going to be honest, there are, there's not so much judgment, but I'm clocking that because I'm, I'm going to change my reaction. Not, not just for myself, but I mean, I'm going to protect myself a little more, but I'm also going to like start to help you out of that. Right. There's, there's, I'm looking for where to hold space and where to start to, to give you a, a push. Right. So that there is no, I'll speak for myself as a difficult woman. There is no judgment in your reaction being louder and emotional. In fact, there's a there's sometimes a bit of envy for me that you have that ability because even if I want to, I don't think that I could do that. Agreed. It doesn't feel safe. It isn't difficult women are not judging you for your more emotional, more outward, you know, response to to something we're not doing that. You're judging us. And then you're, you're trying to like, it's almost like a form of gaslighting in my opinion, where you're then like, well, I don't want to bring you my problems because you'll judge them because you're more together than me. And whenever that sort of happens, I really feel unseen. Like, I really feel like you, you must not really get me at all then. Agreed. I think you've completely fully encapsulated encapsulated how I feel about that. And it it really is this feeling of being unseen. Like Mm -hmm. if you see me like having it together or managing all of this and you're jealous of that, or, or you wish you had that and you're in, I mean, of course, like, yeah, you could be envious and be like, Oh yeah, I want, I'd love to be like that. But if you're going to then take it out on me and, and cut the connection between us or not bring things to me, or, or decide not to be my friend because of it, which happens all the time. Um, Not only are you not seeing me, but you're hurting me. You're, you're hurting me and you're not loving me for who I am. No, not at all. And like, Mm -hmm. you're, 
and you're holding against me the work that I've done to survive. Ooh, that, yeah, Jay. Ooh, that, that got me. That was like a shot through the heart, not to quote Bob. Right. And I don't mean that dramatically. I don't mean it like, like victim-y, like, oh, poor me. I've had this shitty life and like, look how far I've come. This isn't my like big spotlight moment. I'm just saying that like everyone has a life like that. Everyone has loss. Everyone has battles. Everyone has trauma. Everyone has ordeals they've had to overcome. Everyone. So why don't we want to celebrate that in people? Why don't, why don't we want to like encourage people when they're doing well with that? Yes. I'm, me and you, I'll speak for the, these two difficult women on the podcast right now, but I, I feel like I'm speaking for most of us. Probably. We have our response, like the fact that we are good at managing trauma, that we move through it, we have tools, we go through it, is not because we are better than anyone. It is because we have gone through a lot of it. Right. And therefore, have become good at managing it. That does not mean that we aren't affected by it, that we aren't hurt by it, or that we're judging you if you haven't got to that point. Or maybe you don't deal like we do. It wasn't safe for us or it wasn't effective for us when we were growing up and going through childhood stuff to to be the victim in publicly or for anyone to see. That did not help us. And for some people, it did. And so that becomes their response. Simply for us, that wasn't the way we got through it. So it's really, like you said, it's it's like who you are and how you deal is being held against you. And it's, it's really, really hurtful. It is. It's really hurtful. And and I'll say that this is so like deep rooted and layered and like sort of on the cellular level that just me speaking right now, I am like anxious about how much we're saying. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm anxious about how, like about calling attention to this and like call, like bringing attention to my difficultness or the expectations I have. Like, I feel like we're laying out expectations and that people aren't going to like that. And that, mm-hmm. so like, that's how sort of insidious this is, is that now I'm like, oh man, people are going to be pissed that we're speaking up. Like that's the narrative that's running in my head right now. Like people are going to be pissed. I had the, I had that same thought when I was like just writing a few notes for this and when we talked about this topic, but I thought of it more specifically. I was like, oh my God, there's going to be some people in my life who are like, oh, she's talking to me. But following that thought, I was like, no, because they don't support me and they're not going to listen to the podcast. Exactly. That's a thought that I've had too, is that like the people that have done this to me, I don't want to hurt their feelings. And then I realized that like, they're the people that don't show up. No, they can't. That's one of my points too. People do not, this is not part of my definition. This is like a point I wanted to discuss, but I think this is a good spot for it. Um, People are not good at supporting difficult women. Um, And there's, there's this, I feel like people struggle to show up for us. That's how I'm going to, I'm going to say it. And it becomes this thing. And the reasons people give are really frustrating. Like what I get a lot is like, Oh, well you're, you're crushing it. You don't need my support or, um, Oh yeah. Like I just, I don't have time. And like, I know you're good. Like 
it's this weird, don't you feel like it's this weird reaction where it's like, no, I really, of anybody I know, it probably means more to me when people show up than anybody else. And it's oh, so many people just won't. Right. And that's the thing is that people are always say to me, like, but well, you're good. Like I, you've got this, like, I know you're crushing this. Like, yeah. so like it, <laughs> Well, first of all, I don't necessarily know that I'm, I don't, I have doubts. I have worries. I like validation. I like some like good, like cheering on and pep talking. You know what I mean? Like, and even if I did know that, even if I was this, like, you know, this false stereotypical confident where I thought like, I'm great all the time. um, Why can't you come and see it? Why can't you come and, why can't you come and congratulate me. It's especially frustrating because we are showing up times 10 for all those people in their life and for their stuff. And then when it gets turned to us, people do not show up and it, it is very, very difficult. And I want people to, when they're hearing this, know that we're talking about like people, we're not talking about like clients or just our listeners. Like that's not what we mean. We're talking about like people who are close to us in our lives, mainly women who cannot find a way to be supportive to us. And like, I constantly, this sounds dramatic, but that's fine. See my difficult woman, (laughs) this victim statement. Um, I constantly feel let down by people like on the regular let down. Well, yes, (laughs) I am with you. And I think that that's why, and I I know that it's just you and I speaking here, but I know that the majority of our audience feels the same exact way. Um, So I will sort of placate myself with knowing that like we're speaking for not just ourselves, we're speaking the problems of other people, but that's why when we work with people, we talk so much about boundaries yes, because we have to know, like we have to create a safe space for ourselves. If you're a difficult woman, whatever that actually means, if you're an intimidating woman or if you're read, how, however, any of those words read, just know that you deserve a place where you can vent, where you can cry, where you can be disappointed, where you can be let down. And it's probably going to be hard for you to actually utilize those spaces because you've been taught that you need to just suck it up and manage it. Mm-hmm. But it's so important to establish boundaries to keep people out and then establish a safe place where you can be not difficult. Yes. I, I love, I love that. First of all, my next thing on my list was being a giver with boundaries. So I want to yeah. <laughs> We're just on the same page, fellow difficult woman. Um, <laughs> But what I want to say to that is that I feel like I have to take a big deep breath. (laughs) Throat chakra, activate. Throat chakra is dying. Um, You have to learn as a difficult woman how you are going to deal with your emotions. Do you know what I mean? Like it took me a long time to realize that there, it wasn't, there wasn't anything wrong with me if I didn't cry or panic over something. And I kept being like, any any moment now <laughs> the right. will hit or the trauma will hit like i kept waiting for it and it wouldn't happen and then it, you know in these other sort of weird little spots would be where it would come out or where it felt safe 
Um, and like, it took years of therapy to understand that about myself because where I think maybe people, as many difficult women that are listening to this, maybe there are some women who don't see themselves that way, but love women who are difficult women and want to understand them too. Um, so for both of those, those perspectives, what I'll say is like people who aren't difficult women, I think spend time going to like therapy or getting support to bring themselves back from being in a really tough emotional state. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like a lot of difficult women, this is certainly me, I'll spend time being like, how do I enter into that state where I can release some of this stuff? Because my whole ego is going to protect me from going to that like place of vulnerability. That's a really, really good point because either way, the goal is to find safety in your emotions. Exactly. It's just a different, it's a different adjustment. It depends on whatever coping mechanism you created or whatever worked for you as you were forming these ideals and about how you interacted with people. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's based on what you did and what worked. And it's also based on the, the role models that you had and how they dealt. Um, right. I think I come from a really long line of difficult women who um, just pass that example on and I, I wouldn't change it. I don't, I don't want that to be different. Um, but if I, if you're looking around, you know, people will be like, Oh, just, just let out. Have you ever been to one of those seminars, Jay, or workshops where they're like, just let out your feelings. <laughs> yeah. I've even been in a yoga class where they'll like, you know, like let it out. And people will just like cry on the spot or scream or something. And I'm sitting there like, Oh mama, I don't think I can do this. Like it's, it's just a different way of being right. Right. And, and I've been in those moments and, and that's not a place of judgment. Like, Oh, how dare they cry? Like, Oh, that's no. so embarrassing. I'm, I'm like, of like, yeah, I'm like, Oh my God. Like I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to like, let go enough to be able to do that. Yeah. My throat chakra will murder me before it allows something like that to happen. So it's the point being it, one isn't better than the other. Like we're not, we're not managing anything better. We're just managing it quietly. And our adjustments are more to actually let things out than they are to like pull yourself back together. If that makes sense. Yes. But this society does favor a woman who is not difficult. So a woman who, who manages their emotions um, in a, in a different way. Like it's not, it's not easy being someone who's perceived as, confident or intimidating or whatever. No, uh-uh. it's, it's very difficult to be yeah. a difficult woman. <laughs> <laughs> Different difficult. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good point. Same as like the word tough, like difficult and tough, like difficult can mean like, you know, they're, they're a hard person to deal with and difficult right. can mean like, well, we're just not going to go with the flow. And I feel like both are accurate. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about the boundaries part, because this, I think, is the most popular sort of question I get asked where people will say, like, it really hurts people's brains where me being such a giver, like being someone who you know helps people all the time. When I start setting boundaries, people get really upset about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll say it really hurts people's brains to know that I have strong boundaries because people see me, I think sometimes as like 
the giver and kind and I'll do anything for you. And then especially when you, when people are like first meeting me, they get like really shook if when all of a sudden I'm like boundary. <laughs> right. Well, because they, right. Because they equate boundaries with meanness, with being mean yeah, right. or being um, unhelpful, but it's actually the opposite. You're actually being kind to yourself and to, and to everybody around you. Yeah. Don't you feel like a woman with boundaries who puts them out there without a big apology or just like, you know, kindly, I feel like I'm really good at doing it kindly. Um, but like, does that like people do not know how to manage that. People are like, what is happening right now that a woman just went like, no, I can't do that for you, but I could do this or I can't do that. Or I don't want to do that. Or I don't want to talk about this subject. This isn't okay for me. Like that throws people. People have no idea what to do when you, when anyone holds a a boundary like that. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, Jamie, do you know what goes really well with listening to a podcast? A great cup of coffee. Yep. And if you're local to South Shore, Massachusetts, you've got to check out Restoration Coffee. They're a specialty coffee shop that's been voted best coffee on the South Shore numerous times. And they offer more than just a great cup of coffee. They have specialty lattes, breakfast and lunch options, a cool vibe, and a really friendly staff. And if you're local or not, you can also order their beans, which are roasted in-house, by the way, and have them shipped anywhere. Yes. I'm going to go grab myself an Americano. No, grab me a Rachel with oat milk. That's my favorite latte. All right, you got it. And you know what, Jay? The owner is also really hot. Um, You should know you're married to him. (laughs) All right, visit restoration-coffee.com. That's restoration-coffee.com. And tell them that the intuitive girl sent you. There's a whole thing now on the internet, like this, this funny meme is like about... And I posted one about women taking exclamation marks out of their emails. Oh, yes. I saw that, that you put. Yes. Yes. It's like, because women are like, we're taught to speak in a different way. And we're taught to, that we have to present ourselves in a different way. And so women are now like, no, I'm going to write this email like a man would. I don't have to buffer my sentences and my ideas with exclamation marks. I don't have to say like, if not, no worries, no pressure, like, (laughs) Men don't have to do that. And mm-hmm. and women are taught that they must do that. And so when a woman stops doing that, it feels like an act of revolution. And it's it sounds ridiculous to say that, but it's for the person that's doing it, it's really empowering to take that fucking pressure off. But also it reads as rude or aggressive to some people. Yeah. Yes. I wasn't the the name of that something like, oh, don't you have a, a inner white guy to send your emails or something like wasn't that yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I actually have tried to in a short amount of time since I saw that, like try to uh, like bring that in more because I don't I don't think that I do a lot of exclamation points and stuff, but I certainly do that thing where I leave you a way out of stuff in the next sentence after I ask something of you. I definitely do that. Oh, I'm the queen of exclamation marks and (laughs) smiley emojis. And like, that's just the point I'd like to bring up is that like, 
punctuation. Like women are so micromanaged in the society, their behavior, their facial expressions, the tone of their voice is so policed and micromanaged that we have to talk ourselves out of using certain punctuation marks. That's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Like the more you're saying it, the more angered I'm getting about. (laughs) Right. And so then if a woman does that, and then she dares to like speak up or not buffer her sentences or her requests, then she's definitely going to be labeled as difficult or intimidating. Yeah. Right. Right. So, I mean, like that's what, and that's when women feel like, well, I just can't win. Like, like what am I supposed to do here? Exactly. I know that feeling well. Yeah. And that, that sort of feeds right into one of my other ones, which is um, that if you are somebody who is unapologetic, women are taught to apologize for mother effing everything. Mm -hmm. It drives me crazy and not in a judgy way in a, I, I fix it in myself too. But like when we used to do women's circles before there was a pandemic and stuff, we would set a rule at the beginning, right? Jay, that was like, you're not allowed to apologize for taking up space. Like if you step on someone's toe, you can say sorry. But like other than that, knock it off. And the amount of times women are catching themselves apologizing for literally taking up space is ridiculous. And to the same point, if you're not doing that, you're just not apologizing for existing all the time. You're just instantly labeled difficult. Right. Exactly. So that's what exactly. And so what you've highlighted is that that there's this like no man's land or no woman's land or no person's land where women exist. Mm -hmm. That Like that's what I mean about the no winning. It's like, like generally I would say, the women who are perceived as being intimidating or difficult are the ones that are um, trying to do the work to change things, to change the exclamation marks, to change the apologies, to do all this stuff. But in doing that, we're, we're vilified for that or we're like envied for it, but to the point of like jealousy. So yes, there's no place to exist where people are happy with you. And women are taught that, you have to have people being happy with you all the time. Yeah. You have to be a people pleaser or forget. Right. Mm-hmm. So like maybe check in in like 200 years and this <laughs> won't be a problem. Like it feels like we're just like we're, we're talking about in all of our episodes where we're at this real crucial pivoting moment for our world. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's part of it. Like maybe it's, maybe we're in this middle ground where things are starting to change and, and like, we've got to be the bad guys. Yeah. I agree. You know what it makes me think of is maybe maybe the label of things like confident and unapologetic. Maybe all that means is just a woman who doesn't present as insecure. Right. Maybe that's exactly. maybe that's the only right. definition and that throws everybody. Like, you know, cuz in the emails, in the in the boundaries and all of these things that we're saying all it is is a woman not appearing insecure. She might be, but she's just not showing it to you. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's kind of wrecking everybody, I think. Right. And I think that one of the misnomers is that people think that like, like people will be like, you just don't seem to care. Like you don't like you have your opinion and you don't care. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I care more than anyone about 
anything. Like I care the most. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so glad that you said that because that's such a good point. <laughs> and I, I feel like that all the time. And that's well, why I'm like, yes, people say well, your feelings never get like you, your feelings don't get hurt. And I think my feelings are always hurt. My feelings are <laughs> way more sensitive than anybody I know about that stuff, but perceived as like, like unaffected. Right. And that's where the, that's where the confusion comes in. And that's where women feel so misunderstood and, and unheard because the perception is so off from how we actually feel. Yes. That's so true. I don't know anybody more sensitive to anything like anybody's like a sly comment remark. Um, I'll read into a sentence that was a compliment to try to find if there was like everything I do is looking at that. I know that's true for you too. And all of the difficult women I know I would put in that category of extremely sensitive. Right. Well, and that's like how intuition works into this is that like, I can read your energy. I can read the feeling that you're putting into things. I can read like when you're complimenting me and you don't really mean it. Like when you, like when you're saying that, Oh, you're so confident, but like, you really mean that, that I'm scaring the shit out of you. Right. That's, Right. You're really like, Hey, I'd be more comfortable if you acted a bit more insecure. That's what you're really, that's what it feels like people are saying when they're commenting on our comments. Right. Except that my ego reads it as I'd feel better if you would just shut up, like, right. Just cease existing. Like (laughs) just disappear. Like your presence is too much. So stop. That's, that's an interesting point too. So your, your ego's like, just cease existing. Knock on, knock on. Be quiet and take up less space. Where mine is like, hey, act like you're not as confident. Like, look, say something about yourself that makes that makes you sound insecure. <laughs> like, I don't oh. do that anymore. But that would be what I would do. So I would be like, you know, if if I was getting that sort of confident thing, or people were getting like, you know, annoyed if I wasn't like talking about how fat I was or something. Uh-huh. Um, I would then find something about myself to like dump on. Oh no, my, I would just shut up. Interesting. So you I would become just, silent and then I would yeah. start like my performance art. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yours is probably better, although awful. I'm sorry you felt like you had to do that, but like mine, I found that I would then shut up because I could read that people were, I was too whatever. I was too everything for everyone. So I would shut up. And then that would feed into like the bitchiness thing. Like, oh, oh like, oh, no, well, you're not even talking. Like, you're not like, you're not even saying anything. And I'm like, I can't win. Like, I was talking and you're mad. And I'm not talking. Yes. Like, oh. how do I win here? Like, how do I, how do I survive this conversation? This is when we're called snobby, Jay. Yes. So for me, I'm, I'm quiet in the beginning. I don't come in hot. I don't come in loud. And it's, a, it's, it's twofold. One, it's protection of the difficult woman that I am. Cause I know people are going to have a problem with it. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm coming in slow Two, It's that like your, I'm reading your energy. <laughs> like I'm trying to figure out who you are and I'm not like super eager to let you know who I am yet, where I feel like most people maybe this isn't true. You can correct it if if I'm wrong. Most people I'm observing are like really excited to start talking about themselves at the gym. Okay. I'm not, I'm not that way. Um, I'm really interested in listening to you and then like 
figuring out how much I'm going to show or like what subjects I want to talk about that I feel like would connect with you. Um, I'm doing a lot of work behind the scenes. And so I'm quieter at first Mm -hmm. and people constantly call me snobby for that, where I think you go in probably more, more talkative and and warm and cordial, and then sort of have to self-correct in a terrible way and be quiet. And then you're the snob. Yes. I'm very polite with my greeting. And then I'm literally just observing. I'm just like watching and letting my, um, my intuition and like my claircognizance gauge. Yeah. Like, is this person safe? Like I'm on like root level stuff. Like, is this person safe? Is this person like, do we, do we like them? Is it okay to share with them? Is it, you know, we're doing like checking off, like, yeah, very basic stuff. Um, I can't tell you, I literally probably couldn't count the amount of people who were like, at the time, friends of mine, like good friends of mine and said to me, when I first met you, I thought you were such a bitch. When I first met you, I thought you were so intimidating. And I'm like, dude, I was, I was being so nice. I was being so nice. People are, it's almost like people think we're sitting there judging them where what we're doing is we're sitting there honestly using our empathicness and intuitiveness to try to figure out who you are and find a way to connect to you that feels both safe for us and positive for you. And it's, and we're not super eager to talk about ourselves at first. And it looks weird. And we don't want to talk about the weather and we don't like, we're Mm -hmm. not just going to, I'm not jumping into a fake conversation with you. I want to get like down to it. Yeah. And so that's the other thing that I think people will read me as awkward because I'm not good at small talk. I hate small talk. I have a few like quips that I keep in my back pocket because you have to do small talk in the real world. But I'm the kind of person who after that, like few minutes of observation and sort of reading you and and listening to you, I'm not going to ask you a surface question. I'm going to be like, tell me your deepest, darkest fear. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also intimidating. Right, right. But I'm like, literally just want to learn about you. And I think people read it as like, oh, this person is being judgmental. Like, and so it becomes, again, it becomes this, this trap of like, I, you can't win, like you said before. Right. And we're just trained as a society to have this small talk, this sort of chit chatty bullshit that, that if you're not doing that, then you're not what we've deemed as polite. And when really, I, I just don't want to do that. No. If I ask you about the weather, I'm most likely not listening to your response. I'm most likely reading your body language in response to that question and seeing what you do as a follow-up. <laughs> I'm not, like, I don't actually care about your opinion of the weather. If I'm asking you that, I'm, I'm tricking you a little bit. I'm not tricking you, but I'm looking for other things. <laughs> That's incredible. See, I'm so worried about how I'm coming off that I'm, I'm not even, like, I'm not thinking about asking you about weather. Cause I'm like, I know I can feel you judging me. So I'm like, I'm trying to like deal with that. I think that we're doing the same thing, but you're more on defense and I'm more on offense. So I'm looking for that okay. so that I can then connect with you and then you like me. Right. <laughs> or just like I'm playing defense because I don't like these vibes. Plus right. you're incredibly good at reading people right away. So I think that that probably plays into that. But yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> my last part of my definition is just um, a woman who's intuitive and like lives her life guided by intuition, meaning lives her life guided by how she wants to feel. 
God forbid. Can you imagine? Yes, I can imagine. Imagine if we all did that. Imagine if we all did that instead of worrying about everything else. Yeah, instead of living your life to get the approval of other people, which we all do, but your life was guided and centered around feeling authentic and feeling the ways you wanted to feel every day, which is what a lot of difficult women are attempting, they're trying and working on, um, that freaks people out. That seems, to me, people constantly call me brave for that. And it feels like such a backhanded compliment. I'm like, what? Brave for for caring about how I want to feel? That's weird. Exactly. Brave for putting yourself, for prioritizing yourself. Right. Not being a martyr constantly. Right. It's like a weird, it's like when somebody calls you brave for like wearing a certain outfit and you're like, oh, that's a bad compliment. (laughs) (laughs) You think this outfit's awful. Um, Okay. I have a few questions for you. Okay. For us to just like chat about. Um, Why do you think this type of woman, a difficult woman upsets and freaks people out so much? If you were to like sum it up. Because it screws up all of the gender roles that everyone has about everyone else. So it, it screws it up for women. It screws it up for men. Men think women are supposed to be like a certain way. Women think women are supposed to be a certain way. Um, and I think it really messes up the perception of like these very defined gender roles, which again, are breaking. Like, yes. And this conversation might feel like very cis centered and like, mm-hmm men and women. Mm-hmm. I apologize if anyone feels alienated from that. Um, but I think what's happening is that the gender norms of this country are breaking down. Um, and I'm not saying like, if you're a difficult woman or if you're labeled as intimidating, that you should change your gender. I'm not saying that <laughs> I'm saying you can, if you want, if that's how you feel pulled, do that. Um, but I'm saying that we are breaking down what it means to be a woman and a man. And you're seeing that in that, like this hashtag, not all men stuff. Like I I feel like men are finally starting to speak up Mm -hmm. to other men. Right. Finally. Yeah. Finally, God, and please keep it going. But, and thank you. If you're a man out there listening and you're doing that, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But, um, I think the gender norms are crumbling. And I think that that happens in people of all genders um, or of any gender. And so I think that people are starting to get, there's a lot of pushback on that. Yeah. And don't you think that the reason that freaks people out so much has nothing to do with the things they claim it to do with? Like the right. bathroom argument makes no sense to me. No, terrible. Um, you know, saying like, oh, you're awfully confident for a woman or some stupid remark like that, that I, I hear. Um, the, the reason that you're, you're stating for being, feeling disrupted by that isn't really true. I think what it is, is that you feel safer in your, like with someone giving you rules as to how to be a woman or how to be a man or how to be whatever. And so that means that there's probably some sort of doubt in you about that or some sort of fear around that for you. And so when you see a difficult woman walk by, it's kind of scary in a way because it's like well that woman can do it or that person can do it like maybe you see somebody who bravely comes out as transgender or who like refuses to play by a ridiculous 
gender role mm-hmm. triggers the fear that you don't feel like you could do the same. Yeah, it rattles the idea ideas that you have in your head about not just gender, but like the whole world. And so it it makes it feel like, well, if they can do that, then what can I do? Like, and am I, and can I actually do the things I really want to do? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well said. Well answered, Jay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> this is a good one. Great. <laughs> Why, or let me, let me change it a little bit. Cause we covered some of this. How do you, as a difficult woman, want people to support you? I just want people to see me. Mm-hmm. And that's not simple. I know I just said it's like a three word sentence. <laughs> like just see me. I know that I know it's not actually that simple, but don't use my abilities against me. Yeah. Don't, don't hold them against me. So like if you think I've got this, if you think I don't need support, if you think that I feel confident about something I still need you to show up for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, Even if I do got this, I still want you to ask me um, how it's going. And if I need anything, I'll probably say I don't need anything. It's a a real small ask, in my opinion. Um, That's all. Just still check. Right. Because and it's actually easy because (laughs) I'm not actually going to ask you to show up for me. No, just so I'm I'm not going to make you do a lot of work. Yeah. So I, I just want you to like, you, if you remember something about me or if you acknowledge that something is going on in my life, or if you acknowledge a success mm-hmm. or something, anything, it just shows that you're, that you're paying attention to me and that I exist. And that um, you're not threatened by my existence all the time. Right. And that you're, you're not intimidated by it. You're not mad. You're not secretly mad at me about it. And that, if I need support, you're going to be there for me. Yeah. And I'm just looking for a little bit of reciprocity. Like I do that for people. Like I'm there for you. I remember like your birthday. I remember that you have a big presentation coming up. Like I'm not looking for perfection. I'm not looking for like balloons and like flower deliveries. I just, just a, Hey, how are you doing? And, and don't you feel like, like, I'm not looking for you to give back to me equally. No, that would probably actually make me really uncomfortable if you tried to give me as much as I give to you. (laughs) If you could show up with like 25% of the 110% I'm coming at everybody else with that. Yeah. And I also have to say, it is very, very easy to become my friend and people act like it's like weird or intimidating or how, like, all you have to do is ask me about something going on in my own life because nobody ever does. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then if you remembered something I said last time and asked me about it the next time, you're in forever. That to me feels so good. It's such a small ask. It really is. I would I would say aside from you, Jay, and aside from like Matt and my mom and maybe like one or two other people, I people don't do that even when they consider me their friend, they don't check on me or I get that line that is, um, well, I didn't want to bother you. And no. I, I'm, I'm like, Oh my God, I would, I, 
feel way really bothered and lonely when you're not checking on me and asking me how I am. Right. Like just because, just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you want to be alone. Why does, why does success or confidence equate to isolation? I don't know. I, I, I wish that I had a, a good answer. All I'll say is that it, I think it triggers other people's stuff. It's like that quote where it's like my, my spirit irritates your demons kind of thing. Like I think it's along those lines, but um, it's really, I think that's why they say it's like lonely at the top. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself on the top of anything, but I would say like when I'm succeeding, um, I always feel like lonely. Right. Even when I'm struggling, like two, two real world examples. So, you know, this, but my grandmother just passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, people heard about it and there were a lot of people who would say like, um, they would, you know, reach out like three or four days later and be like, I didn't want to bother you when it happened. And I was like, how would it bother me to, for you to text and see how I am? Like, that's weird. And also remember I'm good at boundaries. So if you called and I didn't want to talk to you, I wouldn't answer. Like it's it's so strange. And then with Riley, so my son, uh, my 10 year old um, has, is still recovering from a brain injury. So he has a really bad concussion and the amount of people who were like now months out are like, Oh, is he still going through that? I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't want to ask about it. I didn't know if you'd be, you'd be okay talking about it. And I was like, Oh, that's, that hurts my feelings so much. Like I don't even know how to explain it. Right. And again, that's a them problem and it, but it feels like a slight to you, but it's really about them. It's a cop out that they can't hold the space that you need. They think you need this tremendous amount of space. Like, right. Like that they're going to ask you um, about Riley or say, sorry about your grandmother. And you're going to what? have their reaction because you don't have reactions like that. So they're projecting what their own reaction would be. Right. Or right? I'm like, I'm mad that you, you asked me about myself because it was invasive. And I'm thinking like, what have I ever done that gave off right. that impression? Right. Don't you right. feel that way? No, but it's not you. You haven't done that. It's their own, it's their own ability to show up and like hold space for you. If you're going to be vulnerable or for them, if they think that there's going to be some perceived rejection that they can't manage that. Exactly. And don't you feel like it's the same thing? It doesn't have to be a a big thing like that, but it's the same thing where people will say like, Oh, I didn't, I haven't been in touch with you for a while, you know, because I'm busy, but I I saw on social media how well you're doing. So I knew you were okay. Like that feels like the same vibe to me of like, what? Well, that's a slap in the face. I don't like that. I hate it. Yeah. People will reach out to like, people around me like like they'll like sales they won't reach out to me because they don't want to bother me or they don't I don't know why but they'll they'll stop communicating with me and reach out to people around me Mm -hmm. because they feel like they I don't know what they feel like it's so hurtful is the word I I was gonna downplay the word but I decided not to (laughs) It's painful. And this isn't us creating like a sob story for you. What it is, is it's us creating a safe space for you as you're driving your car or emptying your dishwasher or out for your daily run, like whatever it is that you do when you're listening to this, like 
we're creating a space for you because we know that you're a strong woman. We know that you're confident and that we're holding space for all of that because it's difficult. Yeah. There are, there are people out there who get how you feel and we are two of those people. (laughs) And I think society wants us to believe that most women are weak and most women are fragile and most women are mean and backstabbing. When the reality is that probably almost everyone listening to this is a strong woman. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Or relates to some of it, at least. Absolutely. Um, Okay. Ready for my next question? Mm -hmm. How often do you downplay or don't, or maybe not even mention your successes? Every single time. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. Um, I've created, I have, you know, through years of work of like creating boundaries and managing them. um, And with help from your leveling system that I've learned about like how to like manage boundaries with people in my life. um, I have a circle of people. Mm -hmm that I will share successes with. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's only a few of them. I was going to say, is it a full circle? <laughs> is it like, <laughs> is it like a little half circle? <laughs> it's a, it's a half circle. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I'm holding one of the sides of the circle. Um, but like, and I will say all but one are other women. So like, right. this isn't an anti-woman conversation. Like the people in my in my circle are all women except for my husband. They're probably um, all other difficult women. I was that's what I was just going to say that every single person that's like a safe space for me in my life, mm-hmm. they are all difficult women. Um, and I've consulted with I won't say all of them, with each of them. There's only there's only three of them. Um, <laughs> I still I knew it was a small circle. Yeah. Um, I've consulted with all three of them, like about well, what do you feel about being considered difficult or how does it feel to be labeled as like confident and with a, you know, as a slur mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's a small circle, but it exists. And, and I do share my successes with them. Um, you're a part of that. So I share that with you too. Um, but other than that, no, I, I, I don't do that much. Same. Even, um, even in the, the people that I like feel safe, my tiny semicircle, which you're also in, if you guys haven't figured it out, we're each other's person. (laughs) (laughs) So aside from, from you, I would say with most other people, I'm, I'm still calculated and careful as to like bringing it up. Right. Even if it's another difficult woman, like I'm always trying to make sure I'm not overshadowing someone or, Um, you know, maybe they're going to bring up something difficult. So I'm going to like listen first and then maybe like pepper it in. Like, um, so I'm still calculated about it, but yeah, I agree. There's probably three or four people, one man being my husband too. And then the rest being women who I would feel comfortable quote unquote bragging to. Right. And I think that's also why women, why we were saying we want people to pay attention is because we don't feel comfortable shouting that to the rooftops from the rooftops. So mm-hmm. if you're paying attention, you'll see it. And then I won't have to be like, Hey, I won't have to expose myself and be like, Hey, did you, did you see this great thing I did? Yes. You know, and all, I don't want much from you about it. In fact, if you get too 
if you ask me about it too much, I'll get uncomfortable. I have this thing that I do. We actually both do this to each other where if we're talking about ourselves for like more than two minutes, we'll be like, okay, I need you to talk about yourself for a little while because I'm feeling like really fatigued and it being about me. Like, and it, and it isn't because we're like selfless. That's not the point. It's, it's like not a safe feeling. And I'll, I'll say the women that, that do hold that space for me and like also my husband, I'm not including him in that, but he is one of the people that I would, I would tell it to and who would celebrate me. They do a great job of, of Mm -hmm. me through that. But most everybody else, if I was to say something I did well, is going to really let me down. (laughs) Right. So women, it's, it's not just that we're like, we don't want to talk about it or that we're afraid to overshadow you. It's that like people have really shitty responses to it most of the time. Women are taught that we're supposed to be auxiliary to whatever is happening in our lives. We're supposed to be the support system to whatever's happening. We're supposed to be the nurturers to other people. Um, we're supposed to operate households and um, what whatever we're doing in our jobs. We're supposed to be doing all of these things for other people or for other organizations. Um, but we're supposed to be basically feeding our energy into these other things. So when the energy and the attention comes back onto us, it doesn't feel right because we've been taught that the attention is always supposed to be elsewhere. We're supposed to be shining the attention on other people. Yes. Which is such a trick. I hate that. Mm-hmm. It's so gross. Right. Again, the no man's land. Like it's, it's, you're stuck in this place where it nothing works the way you feel like it should. Exactly. Exactly. Excellent point. Um, I wanted to ask you, don't you feel like this is less of a question and more of kind of a statement, but don't you feel like being a difficult woman, woman to that point right there is just a complete paradox all the time. Like the fact that we're both strong and empathic people don't like, it's like weird for that to be a combo. And it's like, why? And why are there no role models for that? Like, I don't turn on a movie or a show and be like, oh, that woman character is both really strong, but really empathic. And she manages that well. And she has great boundaries. Like, I don't see that. Right. And so that's why it's not readily accepted. Because that's why it is a paradox, because we don't ever see it because women have had to choose, like, they're either like, breaking down the doors, they're crushing stereotypes, they're you know, even some like think of a of a strong woman that's well known for that, like RBG. Mm. She's not known for her like warmth and her like apple pie making skills or whatever you would see as like feminine, you know, in air quotes characteristics. Like you're you have women have to be one or the other. They have to be hard or soft. Mm-hmm. They have to be um I'm not even going to jump into that. We could go on to that forever, but like it it can't like, it feels like women can't be well-rounded because they're always seen as one or the other, but the other is always like so opposite that they don't work together. Like you said that like virgin and whore archetype, like they don't go together. There's no middle ground. Right. Like everyone wants us to be like very one dimensional, you know, to be able to be described in a word and that, just doesn't work. I don't know any woman like that. No, I don't either. And and when you start to develop more well-rounded characteristics, you're met with resistance because it doesn't make sense to people. Exactly. How often have you been um, labeled a bitch in your life? 
oh, one million and <laughs> one billion times, so many times. I mean, that's, I would say from middle school until current day, always, always a bitch, See, always. I feel like it's just a um, worse version of the snob in a way. Like it, it, like I feel like I used to be called a snob a lot and then all of a sudden it became a bitch. Like I must've like graduated, <laughs> but um, I also feel like being called that by a man and being called that by a woman mean very, very different things. Right. Exactly. I agree that the same as being called confident by a man and a woman are very different things. Um, There's certainly like a backstabbing component to a woman calling you a bitch because you're more, I mean, when I've been called a bitch, I haven't actively been trying to be, be mean or to be hurtful. I mean, no, I I don't think I've ever been called a bitch because I was being, I was yelling at somebody. Right. I think it's because I wasn't acting the way somebody thought, you know, was okay or something I was doing was disruptive in some way, I guess. But um, it's usually just that I wasn't people pleasing. Right. And I'm also not often called a bitch to my face. People say it behind my back, meaning that like, I think that's sort of the end product of feeling intimidated. Um, and so it's like the lashing out of feeling intimidated is that you're then behind your back labeled a bitch because you didn't like how it, how it felt. Exactly. Um, all right. I think society is a lot harder on difficult women than it is on their male counterparts. And the example I want to give of that is the thing that happened with Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, yes. Yes. So I'm sure you've heard, everyone's heard this, but just to like summarize it quickly, um, I think it was in the summer where a bunch of people who worked for Ellen, meaning like I, I don't think most of them worked directly with Ellen, but they worked for her show, um, came out and said that it was a very toxic environment and said that she like there was like these really high demands and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, Ellen is the face and the captain of that ship. So like, I'm not saying blame doesn't fall to her, right? but the amount of backlash that came from that when Ellen, I think acknowledged it and then said she was going to fix it. I don't know. Um, in comparison to like how often you hear about, I'm just thinking of like David Letterman or something where women are accusing them of like sexual harassment or, and so, you know, there's toxic workplaces with men that comes out. It's not headline worthy, but if a if it happens for a woman, it's this really big, different reaction. Right, I, I agree, and I you see that in the whole Meghan Markle thing that's been happening about them trying to sort of head off her interview with Oprah. They mm-hmm. came out with these claims about her being bad to work for and people quitting because she was so awful. I mean, women using their voices is used against them. It's weaponized against them. And I'm not saying, I always say, listen to victims. I always say, you know, look into something like this. Um, But it feels like claims of women as bosses um, are, we take that and we run with it in the media more than we would a man. We vilify them a lot quicker for sure. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that the people who worked at that show were wrong and it shouldn't be fixed. I absolutely should be. There's no excuse for that. 
Um, but I'm simply saying like the amount of hate and anger and space in the news cycles it got as in comparison to like, that's almost expected. And, and like a man would almost be like rewarded for that sort of environment. Right. I was just going to say, like, would we even be speaking up against a man for, for acting like that? That's almost expected behavior of a boss if you're a man. Right. Right. And it's almost like, oh, there must be a good boss because they're so strict about that stuff. But if it's a woman, no, she's just a terrible person. It's it's not fair. Right. Definitely a double standard. Yes. Um, do you think a difficult woman is created with nature or nurture, or do you feel like it's like a combination of both? That's what I've been thinking about this whole episode, actually, as we've been talking is I think, I think that there is some inherent natural personality tendencies that happen. Like, um, for instance, I am naturally, um, introverted and shy at first when I meet someone energetically like reserved, Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a better word for shy is energetically reserved. Yeah. I don't like the word shy. So yeah, um, I like that a lot. <laughs> so I think that, and in, in that then plays into that sort of standoffish, like I thought you were a bitch energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that you then have to learn how to be, and, I, and, and you can be born confident. You can be born like verbally assured and, and verbally outspoken. But I do think that a lot of it are things that we learn along the way in our life, things that methods that worked for us, coping methods that worked. I think that it's definitely a mix of both. I agree with you. I think, I mean, I was raised by a difficult woman, you know, my difficult woman. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and so like, I I know that some of it is like, it was emulated for me to, to be like strong in those ways. And, And like, I took a lot of that stuff, but I also see a lot of it in, pieces that just feel really inherent to who I am. I don't think anything even or any trauma created it. I think um, just that sort of more like stoic, (laughs) right? um, you know, not showing my hand kind of thing, I think might be personality. And then I think the sort of nurturing of like, you know, just how your childhood goes and like how you deal with stuff just kind of increases those things a bit. Right. And what's your purpose in life? Like, like, are you meant to be an activist? Are you meant to be um, someone who builds bridges? Are you meant to be like, what's your purpose here? You're probably then going to be inherently whatever is needed for that. So for my purpose, I need to be loud. I need to be outspoken. I need to be seen. Um, And those are qualities that lots of people don't like. Yeah. Agreed. I'm with you. And I think your purpose is such a big part of it. Even, even like, if you're like listening to that and you don't know which one it is, like, I'll just say like, you need, you have an emergency. You need someone good in emergency. You call a difficult woman. Like, Absolutely. We'll manage it. We'll run it. We're, we'll be a peer calm as a cucumber. We're not just so everybody knows we're actually not, but we're just able to, it's almost like compartmentalizing to me is how I feel about it. Um, and, and you deal and then, and then like move through. So like, if that's you, (laughs) if it always falls to you, you've probably kind of learned that, right? Yeah. You're you're a confident in charge woman and that's not a bad thing. Exactly. Um, so I wrote down two traits that I see in a lot of difficult women that are admirable traits. These are good traits. 
Okay. When they happen together, I think one, make for a real badass person, but two, freak other people out a lot. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Mental toughness and emotional intelligence. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's what we call in, in this house, like mental fortitude. Yes. Um, Like, but you often have, you often see in people one or the other, Mm -hmm. the combo of the two is incredibly powerful and successful, but very intimidating. Yes. Because we've been taught that you can't be one and the other. You have to choose. Are you tough or are you emotional? Yeah. And do you have, even just like, are you emotional, but do you have the ability to navigate your own emotions to see Mm -hmm. them for what they are, to move through them? Um, And are you mentally strong? Can you deal with really hard things and like have that fortitude that you were saying and, and push through to the other side. Um, you combine those in a person and you have someone who's going to be pretty successful, I think. So then it, and, and those things are not just things you're born with. I think to, to a degree, maybe you have a bit of that, but that's stuff that you, you actively work on. Yeah. Um, and so if you've done that work, it's weird because people view you as this like strange misnomer almost where it's like, those are just my really strong muscles. <laughs> like that's exactly, that's an excellent way to say it. that metaphor is perfect. They're muscles. Yeah. Just some yeah. people might have like, you know, killer abs. I don't, but I have some killer mental fortitude and emotional intelligence. <laughs> Same. I, yeah. I mean, those are things I, 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 those are things I would brag about myself that I'm, I'm good at those things. Well, you wouldn't brag because you're a difficult woman. You would maybe brag to like your semicircle, but other than that. Right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think that a lot of difficult women, um, people think that we don't want help. Um, and would label us like not good at asking for help. And I have no argument with that. I agree. But what I would like people to know is that it's because it feels unsafe for us to ask for help, not that we don't actually want it. Agreed. 100%. It's, we've learned that it's easier to just get things done on our own. There's less pain involved if we just manage it rather than like being let down or some bad effect if we do ask for help or, or show that we don't feel anything but totally okay all the time. Exactly. <laughs> And then I just have one last thing. I just have a quote I wanted to read to you and then discuss because I there's an element of it I really like and I used to love this quote and then there was a part of it that now kind of sits funny with me. Oh, okay. Okay. The most dangerous woman of all is the one who refuses to rely on your sword to save her because she carries her own and it's by R.H. Sin. Okay, tell me about it. Okay. So I used to love this quote. I still like it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm still a fan Um, because it makes me think of how women are or little girls are are grown up to look for like that knight in shining armor and the sword instead of to be given the sword, like look for your sword. So I I like it where it starts to this new little thing has come up where I'm like, wait, it almost makes it sound like we don't want anyone to show up with their sword too. Like we would love the backup. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? So it's almost this twofold thing where I think it, the, the point of it's great, but it almost like keeps that, that idea going that we don't want any help. 
go to battle with me, not yeah. for me. Yeah. Don't go for me. Don't make me stay home and be the damsel in distress. Just come and show up for me. Fight with me. Yeah. Next to me, behind me. Yell, right. yell positive words as I'm fighting from the sideline. All, right. all great. You know, like right. send, send me a text message to read after the battle. <laughs> totally <laughs> all, all good. Right. But it's, it's that, do you know what I mean? It's that idea that like, we don't want someone else's help. So that, that's my, that's my feeling about that, that quote. That's that, it's that all or nothing thing. Yeah. It's that you have to be saved or you have to be completely your own hero and, but alone in doing so that you have to then isolate yourself yeah. to save yourself. I think all in all, if you are a difficult woman, um, you're not alone where we hear, we're here, we see you. I think keep, pushing the envelope, keep being who you are and letting people see it. I think that's what the world needs. Like little girls are watching and that's great. Like let them see that. Um, and if you know a difficult woman, um, it doesn't take much to support us. We're not asking for a lot. So just, just show up a little bit. That's it. Right. And know that we see you. If you're a difficult woman, we see you and we actually see that you're not difficult Mm -hmm. and that um, we're holding space for you to be as difficult or intimidating as you need to be to get the work done. Yep. We are not intimidated by you. We're, we'll come and we'll show up with our swords and stand six feet away all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And also what I want, I want to hear from you people listening because I know you're out there. I'm thinking specifically of many of you who I know who listen, who I will go through this. Yeah. Get on Instagram, comment, share this episode with your fellow difficult women, share it with the people who you think need to hear it. Leave us a voicemail. I want your feedback. I expect your feedback because I know that you're feeling this. Difficult women speak out. Even if all all you have is to be like, I am, I identify as a difficult woman. Right, exactly. Fantastic. And again, to your point before, that doesn't have to fit a gender norm. (laughs) Like if you relate to what we're saying, awesome. Right. All right. Well, I think I can safely say that you are one of my most favorite difficult women, Jay. Yeah, ditto. Okay, well, let's go take our difficult selves and finish the rest of our day. I'll see you later. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.